0: Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area.
1: And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole
0: Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com.
1: So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the whole therapist podcast. I'm Kelly and I'm Abby. We're excited to have you with us today. Yes, we're in a new location recording. Yeah, we were
0: joking that while we sometimes are down on ourselves for not having a podcast studio, we have a traveling podcast (laughs) kit. Remote
1: podcasters. Yes. Yes. Remote podcasters. <laughs> traveling podcasters. Yes. It's way more fun than being a traveling in-home therapist because all my sand tray miniatures would be like spilling out of my bag. <laughs> like, these are way more portable, these microphones. Totally. Mm-hmm. We, uh... Thought of in-home, but we both, I think, worked in-home. We did.
0: Um, but we've never recorded next to a refrigerator, and right. we are currently in an Airbnb in Vale, Colorado, mm-hmm. and notice that there was a noise. We had to sit and listen for a while and realize, like, oh, it's the fridge that's <sighs> two walking feet away from us.
1: There's also this interesting statue right behind Kelly <laughs> with the decor in <laughs> Airbnbs it just never disappoints. <laughs> And it's quite phallic, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I knew as soon as Abby looked
0: at it because I had already seen it. And I was like, oh, no, don't worry. It's holding it in its hand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to try to be serious during this episode. It's right next to your ears. (laughs) It's really great. uh... (laughs) Well, what we're
0: hoping is that actually, so this trip here is um, kind of a whole therapist retreat trip for Abby and I. To continue building the business and the brand around the whole therapist podcast to provide more material and more info to you all. Mm-hmm. But we have found that we often record podcasts because we've been inspired by you know the really the greats in the field, um, books that we've read, mm-hmm. whether they're clinical or um, poetry books. And recently, we were inspired by a movie, which neither one of us had known that we both watched when we were yeah. coming together to talk about episodes. They came out. And so we're thinking that surrounded by all these trees and beautiful mountains with snow that we also might find ourselves inspired after mm-hmm. this weekend. Yes. But we are going to spoil a bit of this movie. Right. And so we'll tell you the title. And if you haven't watched it yet, you may not want to listen to this episode.
1: Yeah, You're forewarned. Mm-hmm. Spoilers are ahead for my octopus teacher. Yes. <laughs> it's on Netflix, right? That's where we watched it, yeah. Uh, us too. So my octopus
0: teacher, I had seen somebody on social media say that they had watched it and they loved it. And I was like, oh. And so when I first looked at it on Netflix, I was like, oh, it's about like marine biology. I'm not interested in (laughs) anything about under the ocean. Like, I think it's cool, but I'll find something else to watch. Sure. And then one night, we couldn't figure out what to watch. And I was like, "Ah, let's give it a shot. Right. I mean, you and I both talked. I mean, yes. you had it, like your whole family watched it.
1: Unbeknownst to me, about how emotional this movie is. And I have to say, I'm really terrified of the ocean uh, personally. Oh, I, I am too. Yeah. I don't really. get it. Look at this. You know, this retreat, it's like the salsa. Our favorite <laughs> store bought salsa is Mateo's salsa. Yes. We'll put a link for there. <laughs> They're really good. You can get it at Safeway or Costco. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. I am terrified of the ocean. And I don't like sea animals. I appreciate them. Yep. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to be in the ocean ever. I got stung by a jellyfish when I was (gasps) 11. Yes, and my aunt had to pee on it. That's what you do. It's a horror like (laughs) being 11. Yeah, what is that? The Atlantic Ocean by New Jersey? Oh, I have no idea. I don't (sighs) know either. Anyway, (laughs) it was awful. And It's my worst fear. Yeah, it's over now. That's why I won't get in because I can't see where my feet are going. That's what I'm saying. Yes, so I was not interested in watching this movie either because I just don't, it it really terrifies me. I grew up doing Shark Week Mm -hmm. every week Mm -hmm. as a kid with my best friend, Lindsay, if you're listening, who loves, she wanted to be a marine biologist. Mm -hmm. um, And I would have nightmares every year.
0: Well, what's interesting is (laughs) I had family in California, so we would, as a kid, Mm. I couldn't go far enough in the ocean. I loved it. And then I got into junior high, and there was a girl in junior high and i was like oh yeah i'm going on you know this trip we're going to the ocean uh-huh. and she said aren't you afraid of sharks and i was like no which i wasn't but then i was like maybe i should be oh no and from that day on i was like oh yeah i'm not getting in the ocean
1: right yeah it's a real and so it wasn't exciting to watch this but a dear friend told me about it and then i'm thinking okay we're like covid schooling this year with mm-hmm. the pandemic I have to tell you, I'm not cut out for this homeschooling route. Like, I'm not structured enough. And so I figured this will be science for today. We'll do this documentary on this octopus. Mm -hmm. And it is such an emotional movie, everyone. It's beautiful. But my poor son, Theo, could not stop crying. And I was crying. All of us were crying. I was crying. It was just so, yes, so, but sacred. Yeah. It's it's, beautiful. It's sad,
0: but it's touching. You know, it's just a really... yep. But it's inspired us because it's about relationship. Yeah, It's so beautiful to watch it. And I think it's even more special because it's this relationship that you watch between an animal mm-hmm. and a human being. And not like what we're used to with like a horse or a dog. Yes. But this animal that's actually also understudied uh, within the ocean. And this right. He's like one of the first guys that's really gotten this close and followed it. I learned so much. Yeah. Apparently, octopus. Octopi. octopi?
1: I think it's octopi. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> I, was, I don't almost know. made that real plural.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently, octopi only lived up, up to a year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of facts. Like their blood is blue. Mm hmm. How many brains do they have?
0: Oh, I forgot about There's that. There's
1: something about that, yeah.
0: Well, and on their tentacles, all those little, like, suction cups yeah. that you see are all of, like, are essentially all of our fingers. Yes. So if you can imagine one tentacle yes, and all the suction cups on that, it would feel just, can you imagine, like, the sensory data mm-hmm. that they take in? Mm-hmm. Anyways, it just had, it was inspiring to both Abby and I for a couple of reasons that we'll talk more about but one we've already named, just how important relationships are, Mm -hmm. um, how safe relationships are formed, Mm -hmm. and back to something we frequently talk about, that we all, and not just humans, but animals, we have everything within us to heal.
1: Yes. Yeah. All of us do. Um, But there's this man who is... In the photography, you know, profession and... He grew
0: up in the Cape in South Africa. Uh Uh-huh. And so he grew up around the ocean. Yes. And then he kind of got into this rut for a while Mm -hmm. and was saying he was really depressed and just really felt uninspired. Yeah. And so he decided to go back to the ocean. Yes. And so he just started, I believe, just in this cove. Yeah. and was just swimming in there.
1: And t- and took his son there all the time, teaching mm-hmm. him about the marine life and how to take pictures. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I may, I think he had saw something really unusual. Mm-hmm. And as he um, started to like look into it and follow it more, then he found this octopus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so he finds this octopus, and he follows her over the course of her life. Turns out she's quite young. mm mm-hmm. um, and builds this relationship. I think he decides every day. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Every day he's going to go visit her, mm-hmm. um, and he begins to learn a lot about this octopus through just witnessing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talked about that he very quickly picked up on, and maybe intuitively knew that he couldn't just go swim over and like yes. hang out. Yeah, and so he, in like these tolerable doses, mm-hmm. essentially. Essentially like exposing exposure therapy. Yeah. Right. So he would show up and just kind of be there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and let his presence be there. And he said like you had to be really relaxed. Something else about him was that he didn't go in, in a wetsuit. Yeah. He said it was so important to go in naturally and the water was freezing, but he said after so long like you begin to crave this freezing water. Yeah. And he doesn't go in with a canister of oxygen either. Right. So he's just learning to hold his breath underwater so after so long you know you have to go up for air but over time as he just sat there and just was like present Mm -hmm. the octopus would come out of the cave
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right and she wouldn't go near him but like you could tell that she was like aware of his presence and not trying to hide and then over time it got to like she'd reach a tentacle out yeah and then really towards the end of all of this she's just laying on his chest yeah it is so beautiful to watch how he his presence created safety. Yeah. And it just made me think about our clients in yes. the therapy room and how we so want to jump in sometimes right at the beginning, especially when we have a client that's like, this needs to be fixed now. I can't tolerate this.
1: And I really appreciate the way that Kozolino talks about how it's on the therapist when we recognize like a client's tendency to hide. Mm -hmm. Um, he, you know, if it's, if we're frustrated with resistance or these like protector parts or whatever you want to call it, how it's actually on the therapist to create the safety that the client lacks. Mm -hmm. And you can see in this movie, how this man did that for the octopus, recognized Mm -hmm. the lack of safety, rightfully so. And then just was patient to create that Mm -hmm. with her. And they even had a rupture Mm-hmm. And the way that he repaired it with her, in his patience, and like seeking her out and being patient and keeping that distance again, yep, um, until it was safe again, it just reminded me so much of the therapeutic relationship.
0: Totally, and the rupture that he had is it was an accident. Yes, right, he accidentally yes. dropped his camera. It startled, it scared her. Yeah, and then she moved to another cave, yes. and he spent a, a days, I think. Yeah just searching for her and he started to learn how to like track octopus yeah. prints. I
1: know. He would dream about her.
0: Yeah. yeah, but thinking about how we learn to track our clients yeah. when they start to yeah. to go in and where are they going and um
1: You know what it is if I can interrupt mm-hmm. as we're talking about this. I think that the movie it being with an animal it's so primal so there's no words. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the octopus and her way of responding to his safety or unsafety that she felt Mm -hmm. that really mirrors even her way of moving. It feels like it mirrors the nervous system and this implicit thing that we all as animals hold. Yes. But it was this beautiful image of it, like the gift of no words. Yes. From her just like lands I didn't realize that until we're talking about this, but I think that's what has landed is like, she is showing what we all do. Yes. And thank goodness there's no words. Yeah. We get so caught up in the words. Yes. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even thinking about within this movie, at some point, um, there were some like sharks in the water. And I I, I got Mm -hmm. the feeling the sharks were not dangerous to this man. They were like smaller sharks. I
1: was worried for him.
0: I mean, I was as well, but he (laughs) continued to go back. And I was like, oh, he must not be worried.
1: I know it. Yes.
0: (laughs) But anyways, he said he saw it happening. He saw that the sharks were coming. He knew she was going to get attacked. Yes. So I want to pause there and just be thinking about when we see a client making a choice or not making a choice. um, And it's so hard to, be, to, to just not step in. Yeah. But what he said is what he had known about, I think the nature of when you're walking into somebody else's environment or some other being's environment, that you're an observer yeah. and you're not there to, to intervene with what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And he talked about everything within him, wanted to save her, wanted to scare the sharks away, and he just had to observe. And one of the tentacles got bitten off. Yeah. I remember that I was really, I mean, it was, my heart was going so fast. Yeah. And he, I know he said he was heartbroken when he left the water that day. He went back and thought for sure. And she, he talked about how, you know, weak she was. And so again, pausing, if we're able to sit back and know that the client's making this decision, Yeah. and then... Imagine when they come back into your space and you're still there. They've made this decision. It's impacted them negatively. And then your presence is still there. So he goes back and he wants to like continue to help her. It was maybe then there was another time in the movie, but bad things happened to her like once or twice in this movie, but he brought her food either the first time or the second Mm time. But what he found over time, over a couple weeks of time, the tentacle grew back. Yeah. And I was again like, holy cow, this is so much about we have everything within us to heal. Yes. Like we are primed to survive. We are born with our nervous system knowing that we have to survive. And so we do everything, our bodies do everything they can to survive. Mm. And so with an octopus, it needs all of its tentacles. And over time, I don't know if that's an epigenetic thing.
1: Right. Yeah. I was so struck by the experience of him, with a man witnessing mm-hmm. this regrowth. Because was it true that there was no literature on that?
0: That's what he said, yes. Yeah,
1: like he didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, as the, the, the watcher of the movie, mm-hmm. didn't know either. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, why am I surprised like she has everything in her, mm-hmm. and gosh, how many times have I tried with clients to to give them something, mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, I have something, or you are a, at a deficit. Yes, you've made this choice, and there's a hurt, or there's like grief or pain, and I want to fix. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about that today. Clients that you and I still get mm-hmm. caught up in. Yes. Wanting with our agenda. Mm-hmm. Oh, You need this. Yes. You need this, and it's like actually that client. They have ancient wisdom Mm -hmm. in every single cell, Mm -hmm. and they know exactly how to heal, and they just need the safety to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, she had to go into a cave and regrow that tentacle, Mm -hmm. and so there's something there about witnessing, and if we can just create some safety Mm -hmm. within relationship with others. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be
0: curious too. I mean, we'll we won't ever know, and maybe there'll be more research after this. Was his presence helpful or healing for her? I, I have right. to think and have to believe, but based on what we know about IPNB, that it was at some yeah. level, right? But the other interesting thing, and something else that they didn't have literature on, was because of this environment she was in, she had learned to get all these rocks. Yeah. on her tentacles yes. and essentially make this entire shield around yes. her. And there's not any literature on that. And again, it's like maybe our client either comes from an environment or moves into a new environment and we as a therapist want to step in mm-hmm. and offer all of these things. We adapt. Yeah. We're adaptable. We adapt to survive. Yeah. And what skills I want to give you come from how I've learned how to survive and how I've learned to adapt based on my experiences
1: and the beauty in witnessing I think this is why I love this movie like she was so beautiful mm-hmm. even in covering herself with all these rocks and shells mm-hmm. and and silly like my kids and I laughed because yes. it was like this is delightful Mm -hmm. even as she's protecting and I thought like can I just look at clients and even myself as we use these strategies to protect Mm -hmm. can we even delight in that Mm -hmm. like of course that's what we're doing the essence of self compassionate is this beautiful image Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I wonder then even as you're talking I'm imagining when I have a client who maybe is using what they know to protect themselves Mm -hmm if there is a way for me to pull an image that allows me to Mm. delight. Yeah. You know, like how can I see this in another image that allows me to hold delight Yeah, versus like seeing this as resistance. You don't want to do the work.
1: Right. I think I might just imagine that octopus covered in seashells. (laughs) Totally. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking about that quote that you had read.
1: Mm. From John O'Donohue or from
0: from the new Cozalino
1: book from the new one yes Um, Kelly and I have books strewn around (laughs) (laughs) yes I was really impacted by the way that Cozalino he calls it relaxed curiosity and just the way that he storied um, you know when you begin with a client there's so much to learn We have to get to know an entire person in front of us, and there can be this hypervigilance and tenseness around wanting to make sure we get every single thing they say. So we're prioritizing facts and like this need to know, and out of care, I remember that too. Um, He talks about how he would even pause a client mid-sentence, like, oh wait, I just want to make sure that I'm getting this you know whether he's writing it down or trying to log it into his brain to remember the facts and he talks about how it's best to just relax easier said than done and stop worrying about it and have faith that everything will reveal itself in time no amount of rushing will make for a better therapeutic outcome Um, and as time has passed I've come to realize the really important information The core issues re-emerge again and again, like a toy train on a circular track. Sooner or later, usually sooner, they reappear. And this perspective helps us move from vigilance to relaxed curiosity. And the less we focus on facts, the more we can attend to emotional resonance with the client, and that enhances the quality of relationship. He goes on to give data about how relaxed curiosity actually Um, then we bring the client into relaxed curiosity also and now both the therapist and the client are primed for like neuroplasticity this rewiring of the brain and he starts the whole chapter with this quote I am going to say this um, writer's name wrong so please forgive me by Jiddu Krishnamurti Krishnamurti. Um, the ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence Mm. The ability to observe without evaluating Is the highest form of intelligence As someone who always wants to know my own left brain That helped me so much Reading
0: that Yeah, I'm just sitting here It's There's not many words in that But it really is a big quote That's a lot to take in Yeah But I appreciated when you read that And this piece about relaxed curiosity because again, that's what this guy in the movie was talking about. Yes. That when you get into the water, it's so cold. He said, but once you allow your body to relax, it really just becomes a part of you. Yes. And if you can just imagine whether you're a new therapist or a seasoned therapist and you find yourself kind of tense, yes. imagining yourself being in this very like rigid, cold water and it's yes. hard to relax and you feel like you're not going to survive and you yes. need to get out of it. Right. But when you can just sink into it, and kind of let it surround you. That's how he was able to Mm. build this relationship with this
1: octopus. I love that metaphor of getting into the water. Can we like get into the waters of relaxed curiosity and how at first there will be discomfort? I don't think this is how grad school teaches us to be therapists. I don't think anyone said curiosity.
0: No, I don't. I've never heard that until after.
1: Yeah, maybe they do now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully but it is uncomfortable because it's new
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and um, it's where the work is. Yes. I will say that there are people above us in this Airbnb. And so if you hear some stomping, um, we are hearing it with you (laughs) from above the ceiling. Um,
0: If you know anything about Vail, Colorado, it's (sighs) skiers and snowboarders.
1: I love all the tie dye. I have to say, I'm really happy it's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing that struck me about the movie was this, uh, for me, that made me the most emotional was that they found, so in the end, he sees her, the octopus, throughout the entire life cycle, and she gives birth. Mm. I don't remember how many babies. Many.
0: Uh, There was a lot.
1: many. Yes. And um, there's something really tragic and honest about that, that in giving birth, it gave all of her Mm -hmm. to her babies, and that this man and his son found a baby that kind of looked like her a few months later. Yeah, And it made me think of the ripples that we create with one client that do go on. Like I I really believe, and we've talked about this, that there's like this spiritual, sacred piece to what we do. It doesn't just, one nervous system that's changed does not just stop there. It impacts all the nervous systems that they are with.
0: It makes me think about animals that are around human beings a lot. They're not mm. skittish and scared. And so I'd be curious about the epigenetic impact yeah. that his presence put into that octopus and then what went, went into her babies.
1: Well, I think he said that, that it was rare to see a baby octopus and it just went up to his son. Mm. So there's something about, and he said, I'd like to think that it was one of her babies and that her baby found his son. Oh. There's something so generationally Yes, like epigenetically beautiful that his son is changed by his dad's care mm-hmm. for this animal. Maybe her babies are that much more safe.
0: I keep getting waves of chills.
1: Yeah, and how incredible that we both watch this without knowing the other person. <laughs> yeah, so as we begin to wrap up here and talk about relationships and safety and the generational impact even of what we do Um, just notice how that's landing in your own system whether you're getting chills like us um, I feel myself wanting to cry a little bit Mm -hmm. in a in a relief a relief there's relief there like yes and maybe like put a supportive hand like I'll put mine on my heart
0: Mm -hmm. I feel the need to kind of put mine on
1: my shoulder Hmm. thanks for being with us
0: does that sound okay yeah (gasps) that's great maybe we should do an episode about in-home therapy like how you have to just like deal with your surroundings and make it work.
1: That's a good idea.
0: (laughs) We've never recorded next to a fridge.